Welcome to Lions Radio Network, where the show takes you on a roaring adventure with entertaining and stimulating topics focusing on entertainment, sports, business, world news, along with many other topics. Whatever your interests are, you will find them right here on Lions Radio Network. Jess Messen Broadcast is hosted by Jess Fole, a visual artist from Baltimore, Maryland. Jess invites those who've inspired her to recount their tales of becoming professional artists and creators. Through sharing memories and stories, Jess and her guests relive experiences, discuss new projects, and foster new ideas, all while making sense of this crazy pop culture world we live in. Tune in weekly for a variety of guests ranging from musicians, designers, artists, and entrepreneurs who are actively creating the world around us. And now, it's time for Jess Messen Broadcast with Jess Full. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Jess Full here coming to you live from my studio in downtown Baltimore, Maryland. We have a super special guest with us today. I mean, I say this like every week. I'm like, this, is, this guest is the specialist. But really, this is a really dear friend of mine. And Jordan's taken some time out today to kind of go over some old memories and tell us what he's up to. So we have with us Jordan August. What's up, buddy? Hey, Jess. <laughs> How are you? I'm well. Thanks for having me on your show. Hey, no problem. Thanks for being here. <laughs> like Jordan's like literally five minutes up the road, by the way, guys. <laughs> it's hysterical. <laughs> um, <laughs> like we could be doing this totally in person, but we don't need to, right? Because it's 2018. No. Okay. No, yeah, we'll do it like sci-fi style. Um, okay, a little background on Jordan. According to his website, you know, Hans Christian Andersen once said, where words fail, music speaks. Great quote, bud. And from that moment, from the moment you hear Jordan August music, one thing is certain, it speaks from his heart and his soul. No matter the stage, venue, or crowd size, Jordan always delivers the same deeply rooted passion and energy. Growing up in a musical family, Motown and Soul were the dominant sounds throughout his childhood. In his teens and early 20s, his evolving interest led him to folk singers and songwriters. Influenced by fellow Baltimore musician Chris Jacobs and blues revivalist Stevie Ray Vaughan, Jordan's drive and talent helped him quickly mature from a backing musician to a frontman and soloist. A Baltimore City native who has also spent four years in Philadelphia, City Life has been the inspiration behind both Jordan's music and lyrics. For the first note to his last, you can actually feel the grit, grind, and glamour of City Life captured in the emotion of every song. Jordan's debut album, Sunday Morning, portrays his unique spin on life and living in Baltimore, drawing inspiration from artists like The Lone Fellow, The Lumineers, and Chris Stapleton. The album captures the arc of Jordan's story and in an eclectic sonic presentation. Well, isn't that the truth, bud? <laughs> <laughs> I, guess, I guess so. You can thank Phil Choi for writing that uh, bio for me. Is that a Phil Chorney joint right there? <laughs> That's a Phil Chorney joint right there. Uh, what a wordsmith. So, okay, it's true, though. <laughs> it's definitely true. The, the album is wonderful, and it definitely, like, kind of romanticizes you know, the heartbreak and, you know, um, I want to say like the sidesteps that in in general life brings you, but also city life brings you. It's like, you know, I feel like once you really live in a city, it's like every day is kind of like scraping your knee. 
Yeah, that's very true. But, you know, like, it's awesome. Obviously, you love it, but it's just, like, a little tougher. So, you know, I definitely get that vibe from this album. So can you walk us through what, um, you know, kind of producing and writing Sunday Morning was like and, you know, kind of, you know, how what the outcome was? Because I know you released this album when you did a little bit of a – or not a little bit, but, like, a solo show here – when I opened the studio, which thanks for that. And now it's kind of a, almost a year later. So tell us all about this, please. Yeah. So I had, I mean, I had been writing music for forever. What feels like now since I was a, you know, a teen, I guess, and never really did anything with it. Um, I moved to Philadelphia in 2006, 2007 to uh, pursue photography um, you know, like making money and like being able to live any sort of life as a young musician was like not something that I could make happen really. Um, so I decided to do, you know, something else I was passionate about, which was photography. And I started there and eventually moved my way back to Baltimore and wasn't performing. I was playing constantly, but I wasn't performing out. And, um, Kenny Liner, the mandolin player from The Bridge here in Baltimore, gave me some opportunities to play music out and really sort of lit a fire underneath of me to keep playing and playing more and was playing in other people's bands and, you know, doing little pickup gigs here and there in the city and a couple in Philly here and there and was finally like, all right, you know, I want my own band. Started the Jordan August band and uh, but was constantly getting these opportunities for solo shows and I never had any like any recordings other than like live recordings to really like support the sound that I thought was why I was being hired. So I uh, reached out to a friend of mine, Andrew Dugan, who owns Sound Factory Studios down in Arbutus, Maryland, and was like, "Hey, like I have this uh, this concept on an album. The album's like, you know, I have all these songs, and I want you to to bring it to life." So we met up and. I played him all the songs, just like me and my guitar in a room. And we came up with an idea of like how to arrange the songs a little bit better, tighten them up and add a lot more instrumentation. So although it's a solo album, uh, I did play a lot of the instruments. I played all the guitar the mandolin, the dobro and did all the vocals. Um, I brought Patrick McAvenue in from Nashville, Tennessee, who's a fiddle player um to do all the fiddle on the album and he ended up winning ibma's fiddle player of the year shortly after our session which was like oh this is great like this friend that i've known for 10 years and like such a hard-working kind dude just won the most prestigious you know fiddle award in the I- world there's nothing like, weird how cool that. is you know, that? Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's what's so much fun, and not to interrupt your story, because we'll get back to it, but so much fun about being friends and close friends with a lot of aggressive, creative people. So when I moved back to Baltimore from New York, much like Jordan's experience with Philadelphia, Jordan was the first person I met down at the 8x10, our hometown club here. And um, so we've been friends since, kind of like my beginning back in Baltimore. And um, Jordan really introduced me to a bunch of really active, creative people that have just gone on to accomplish some 
unbelievable things. Like it's so inspiring to be in this crew of people that get how much you have to pound the pavement to get it done. And, you know, I thank you for that because you brought me into that world here. And I mean, it's been super inspiring. I just like enjoy it so much to see everybody kind of jump off in their own respective, you know, goals and agendas, you know, it's just like incredible. Yeah. It's, it's like wild to see where people were when we all first like thought we were really good and really amazing at what we do and deserved all this recognition. And then like, you know, like, you know, eight, 10 years go by and you're like, damn, like I was not good at all. I wasn't, you know, or, or I was good, but I wasn't doing anything. Yeah. I wasn't actually doing anything. I just had this ego that was like constantly being fed by myself, I guess. And I think everybody can relate to that as an artist. Yeah, I think that's part of it, though, because, like, in this really oddball sense, like, you have to believe in you and you have to see it in you. And, like, that might come from somebody else recognizing it and just, like, lighting the match and, like, you know, like, solidifying, like, things that you think in your brain or whatever. And then all of a sudden it's like, all right, now I just I have to play this role until I can pull it off. Like that was always my thing. I was like, I was like, this is like the best acting gig I've ever done in my life. Performance art is what I call it. You know. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's like you can, if you can create it, you still have to like act the part. You know what I mean? Like, I, you know, I guess I could have been like a silver spoon fed, like you know, rich kid, and still have been creative, but a lot of the like troubles and hardships that I've experienced in my life is what has given me slightly more motivation and, and probably most of the creativity. You know, I, I don't know where all that creativity comes from sometimes, but I guess it's from, you know, like things that I've done in my life or that have been done to me. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's, and I think, you know, a lot of creativity in the sense comes from, and I think I can hear this really in your, your songwriting and your, you know, your album, especially is that, you know, a lot of things transpire in a lifetime, and I people t- like create think I'm an overthinker, right? And really, uh-huh. I don't even know if it's o- if it's overthinking, or rather, I take time to stop and think about things. You know, we move so quickly, and so much, you know, for lack of better words, shit hits the fan and shit transpires. That like, you know, right. it's very easy to be to let it just like move on but I really take time to think about that stuff and that's often what inspires my work you know because then I have to like apply that to something for you that's your music and your photography as right. far as I'm concerned yeah the photography uh, yeah I mean it's it's in both I, I think my most creative outlet is definitely songwriting and like writing down lyrics <clears throat> and letting uh, the lyrics sort of fuel the playing. There's definitely times where I, like I'll write the music to something and be like, oh, this is super cool or this is rocking and, and like riffy. And so I'm going to use this set of lyrics that I have for this song. But sometimes like I pick up a guitar and I open my book to like a you know emotional set of lyrics, and then the music just kind of comes from that emotion that I remember either writing it or that it makes me feel in that moment. And that's what the, sure. the album Sunday Morning is like a big gathering of a lot of a lot of different emotions and like 
I've always been really into like sappy love songs and I, I'm a, I guess I'm a pretty emotional dude to begin with. And oh, uh, know, it kind of, it worked in my favor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I keep saying Paul Simon's the, uh, the inspiration, but it's really, it's really Paul. Uh, it's really Michael Bolton. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. No. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we get along so well. Um, exactly. So let's, let's talk about kind of, you know, the, your progress in Baltimore, because for those who are listening, who may not be familiar with Baltimore as a creative city and, you know, I am pretty vocal about like how hard it's been for me here. Those that's, you know, changed a lot in the past two years, but Baltimore's a tough nut to crack (laughs) as far as I'm concerned. You know, you definitely have to pay attention to, you know, what you're, what your art is here in Baltimore and how it's received and all that good stuff. And one thing I enjoyed watching with you and your music over the past few years is I watched you take your steps. Like I watched you playing for, you know, backing our friends. And then I watched you move into opening for our friends. And then I watched you move into being like a four or five o'clock, you know, gig at a, at our music festivals here and then traveling with your music. So kind of tell us, you know, any advice you can give to people who may be attempting the same thing, especially who are doing it in a solo position and, you know, how all that feels? Yeah. Um, I've, I mean, I, I don't know if I'm like the humble guy that likes to say, like, I got really lucky in certain situations, but I think what, what really like helped me get anywhere was like, even if I wasn't playing a show, I was going to a lot of the shows and making like my presence known and meeting the other musicians in town and meeting the club owners and the promoters and, you know, putting myself out there yeah, as a networking, person that man. is not, yeah, just simple networking and like letting myself be like the guy that like, you can throw me on any bill and I will make sure that I do a great job. No matter how early, yeah, how late, if I'm like, you know, like solo performer opening up for a eight piece funk band, you know, like that's happened a dozen times. It doesn't make any sense to me, but I'll do it. <laughs> I'll still do it every day. Um, and like, and going to support other musicians that are trying to do the same thing you do, because if you can help them out, they'll help you out. And, you know, Baltimore isn't a big city. So, but there is a lot going on. We have a lot of, we have a lot of clubs, like the jam band scene is big, the hip hop scene is big, there's a huge punk rock scene, so there's all these shows that everyone wants to go see and sometimes they all fall on the same night. So what's making you special to have them want to come to your show? And I think it's like a lot of it is just like being genuine, you know, being as kind hearted as you can to the people that support you and trying to make sure they know that you're you feel the support and support them back. That's such valid advice because one thing that I found with like my project the past two years is that it's made me kind of absent from, you know, the social scene here in Baltimore and really in general, like I haven't gone anywhere. I look forward to 2019. A lot of that had to do with money, you know, like just not being able to like hang and just being like really strapped all the time. And, you know, it's been incredible to even see just like the community because I was around to a large degree prior to that, just be supportive through that. And like, you're correct. 
you know, like, you know, it's hard to manage supporting artists when you're an artist, but really when you're an artist, but it's just kind of what, you know, makes it go, go around. And, you know, you're definitely a big advocate for that. And so, you know, as someone who's been supported by you, I thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's like, you have to like separate yourself from that mentality of like, Oh, I'm an artist. I don't have time or I don't have money to like go support my friends or fellow artists. Like you have to remove yourself because you know, I don't know what anybody else's financial situation can and can't be. And like some people are like spending their last 20 bucks to come see me open up for some band that they like. And they come early because they're like, Oh, that's awesome. Jordan's on the bill. And that's like super appreciated, you know, like, and like, you know, like not, I can't guess list every single person. It's like, Oh damn, I'm broke. You know, I'm not going to make it to your show because I don't have any money. You know, it's right. like you have to make like an on- ongoing list. I'm like, okay, well, this person got guest listed this last show. So they're they're, they're back to the bottom of the list. This person's next. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And that's what I mean. Like, that's that's part of it, too. Because, like, I've worn out my guest list situation with a lot of people. I mean, I, I say that, and I, I hope it's not true, but I'm pretty sure it is. And you know, so like that's the thing. It's like, like it's like the unspoken, the unspoken scenario. <laughs> I'm just like I'm gonna just say hi a few days before randomly and see what goes down. Right. No, see what comes real. to that. I'm like, hey, were you rather out? Oh yeah, I am. No, but seriously, um, no. So I look forward to like really being able to like get back into visiting a lot of art and music here in Baltimore and kind of being like outside of my own space and, you know, being able to, you know, get back into that because I miss it, you know, and this is a really inspiring city for that. All right. Let's talk about some some photography stuff, man. Oh man. Okay. Um, I went to college for photography yeah. Give us do, I, do I just start from the beginning, just like break it down? So I went to college so for you photography, photography and like, right. I did study photography. Yep. Um, I like when I, I, I waited to go to college cause I didn't really know what I wanted to do and I didn't want to go screw it all up and like, you know, waste a ton of money, not knowing what I want to do and like not getting a grade or something. So I waited, I traveled the world and came back and was like, all right, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to go to college for photography. And when I was in college, I really studied like architecture and a little bit of portraiture and really just like, I didn't want to work with like people that much because, you know, people are divas and like, and ego is such a thing. Like trying to like, I I have to capture like a person in this photo. That's like so much pressure on me. So I really focused on architecture graduated, did really well, and tried to get a job at a firm in Philly. And I realized really quick that being 23 years old, that I'm going up against people that are 33, 43, 53, 63 years old, they can all do the job just as good because your subject isn't moving. You know, like, there's rules to taking those pictures, and anyone can kind of do it. Like, doesn't mean that someone isn't better than the other, but I learned really quick that I wasn't going to be able to get this like dream job that I wanted so I started doing a lot of weddings and moved back to Baltimore and really kind of hit the road running here it was a much smaller city there was not nearly as much competition it was a lot easier to like just start landing jobs and creating work to be able to show more people like oh he's done this he's done this and done that 
So what happened was I was like, I've always been a fan of music, obviously, and I was I was going to a free show to see the bridge. I drove down from Philadelphia, and I brought my camera because I brought my dog to the show, and I wanted to take a picture of my dog at the concert. It was his first like it was his first bridge show, and so we're like at the wow. show, and I pulled my camera out. Um, I swear this is, this is like a real true story, and. Um, I took my, it's for real. I I, I took the camera out and I took a picture of the band because I was like really, I was like up front with the dog and I just took a picture of the band and I looked at it and I was like, damn, that's really cool. And I took a couple more and like, that was sort of it. And that night, like when I got back to Philly, I downloaded the photos and I was like, whoa, these aren't that bad. Like they're not great, but that was a lot of fun. And I bet you I can start getting into shows for free and be even closer to these bands by taking pictures. So that's sort of like what I started doing that next year was just like emailing clubs and emailing bands and getting press passes. And I built this like really good archive of, of concert photographs in a year and then started getting hired by the clubs and hired by the bands, all the local bands, any touring bands that were coming in town. Um, you know, I was going back to Philly, was going to New York, was going to Richmond and, to just take pictures of bands and wasn't making great money, but I was getting paid to see music. And that would, to me was just crazy. And uh, I just never, like when I was in New York city, it was like, I didn't have the, you know, I just wanted to get paid and be able to see as much music as possible. So like, and by get paid, I mean like enough money so I could survive in New York. We're not talking like buckets, you know? And, you know, so I have to, I have to work for the music. Like, that's how I thought of it. And, like, now it's, like, I want to be around art and I want to be around music 24-7. So the brightest concept I could come up with is, okay, so I have to work for the art and work for the music, you know, and, like, right. find, a, find that way that you can do that. That's what I think is, like, one of the most creative parts of being an artist, personally. Exactly. Yeah. And, I'm mean, like, I was shooting a lot of concerts, but I was shooting – you know, a decent amount of weddings. I was shooting random events at, you know, the Four Seasons downtown for Planned Parenthood, and I was shooting stuff for Under Armour and, you know, just event stuff. I was, like, mm. you know, kind of the guy that one was, you know, affordable because I still, like, I wanted to work. I still was building, a, you know, a portfolio and this body of work. Like, I was learning more. I was getting better at editing and, like, creating a style um, so I really just was like an event photographer, which I guess I still am, um, but really, really focused on concerts these days. And um, I got in with like the well, Union so- Craft Brewing guys, which they like, yeah. you know, I was doing all of their architecture stuff, their their portraits, like stuff for their tap room, all their beer cans, like just having like, you know, really good relationships with people that were starting out the same way I did, like hey, I see you're building a brewery five blocks from my house. Let me be your photographer. And well, first, and the, first shoot on me. Of it. Well, because, like, one thing that I've experienced and, you know, the similarity between, you know, the, the, the progress you've made as a photographer is the exact same story as your, you know, progress as a musician is that you've really pounded the pavement and 
you know, done the professional hustle, the networking, the making the connections, the promoting, the booking, and all that stuff to get you in the places that you want to be to further your end goal. And I think that gets lost in kind of the cycle of what it takes to become an artist. I mean, I can sit up here and paint rainbow bright all day long. Trust me, I love it. But there's so much more that goes into somehow figuring out a way to make this happen. And everything you're describing is it. It's like connecting with those people early on that you see have the same ideas that you do or like the same end goal and growing with them. You know, I work a lot with Union, too. I love those guys. They've been on the show. So, like, I get it, you know. And I think that's one of the really neat things kind of about our crew here in Baltimore is that I feel like, in a way, we all got together when we were in our, like, mid-20s or, or like, mid-20s, 30s, early 30s, and we all had these goals. We were like, yo, we're going to do this, all right? And then we, like, right. really yep. did, though. We really did. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I never thought some of it would actually happen, but it really has. And like, now I, I, I just get to do what I like to do. And I'm sure, I mean, you know, I could take other jobs and probably make a lot more money, but I don't really want to do that. I like doing what I like to do. At the end of the day, it makes me really happy to be able to like look at something that I created because I wanted to create it, not because I was told to create it. Yeah, and let's not be, you know, you know, overshadow the fact because, like, everyone's like, oh, well, if I could be an artist and I could do whatever I'd want, I would be and could be happy, I would do it too. And I don't want to disillusion people and say there's not, like, another side of the spectrum where it is crazy hard and it, it can be, you know, hurtful and, you know, troubling and difficult and you don't know – what you're going to do and like the stress of it's insane but like so you know I like to be very upfront with that because everyone's like yeah if I could if I could sell my drawings I would you know and I'm like I get that (laughs) but um, you know but there's so much that goes into it and you know like the risk factor and stuff so that's why you know one of the things with you know even our friendship we've come together quite a few times to do little stuff together and to be supportive of each other just as buddies and as artists and as neighbors. And, you know, I legit remember meeting you the first time, which is rare for me to say. I often say to my, ask my guests, do you, do you remember meeting? Cause I kind of don't, but I do remember meeting you. And I think a lot of it had to do with, I wasn't drinking at the time. <laughs> but um, we were down at the eight by 10. You were, you were like a heady, big, mild, like excited, young photographer. You were taking photos and I was about to have my first show in Baltimore at the Hard Rock Cafe. Oh uh, yeah, that's right. It was Hard Rock. I, that's right. Right. And I asked you to come over to photograph it. And, you know, we were like standing at the back by the soundboard and you were like, I already have something booked on this day. I'll try to get over there. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, then it was, like, but whatever, we'll be friends anyway. And I was, like, uh-huh. And then, like, but here we are. And, right. you know, I, like, and I just, like, vividly remember meeting you. And, like, I'm just so grateful for that moment because Jordan has really opened me up to when I moved back here, just, like, a whole crew of friends, friends and relationships and, 
you know, we he put me on the kickball team. I, like, begged him to yeah, <laughs> like, join the kickball team. And I was on the wait list for, like, a season and a half. It was, like, really intense. And, you know, like, it really did change my life in a few ways, like, you know, personally, professionally. And I think it's really important to acknowledge relationships like that. So I want to take this moment and really thank you, bud, for being my friend. Oh, thank you, Jeff. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, like, I just am so proud of, like, all you've accomplished. I can't wait to see more. And, um, you know, we're pretty much at the end of our time. I know you're doing some stuff today. So I'm going to end it on that note. Jordan has some stuff coming up. I guess they're going back into the studio over winter, and they're going to work on a single. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that real quick? Yeah, we're uh, we're working on the, the band's first full-length album. It's going to be called The Heart Before the Storm. Um, hopefully coming out in, in, in the summer. We have one single out on <clears throat> Spotify, and we'll be dropping our second single titled Alarms uh, in about a week or two, actually. And um, I'm, I'm going to do another so, like completely solo acoustic album, just me and my guitar, a little like uh, five-song EP with some video, music videos backing it and stuff like that. So a lot of, um, a lot of music coming out in 2019 for me and the band. And um, come check us out January 25th at the 8x10. We got a cool headlining gig on a Friday night. It's going to be fun. Um, yeah. Tickets are available, and it's uh, come jam with us. All right, so I'll post all of Jordan's stuff. I always share his albums and stuff, so you can follow my Facebook. You can also check him out at Jordan, wait, Jordan August Photography, the Jordan August yep. Band, and Jordan yep. August. The first did. Yeah, all, so, all the things. All the things. We're all over the place. So thank you so much, man, for um, taking a few to come on the show. And I guess, well, it's going to be Christmas next week. So Merry Christmas to everyone. And that'll do it for us here at Jeff Messon Broadcast on Lions Radio Network. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And we wish you a safe and happy, wonderful holiday. Bye, Jordan. Bye.